Amen. All right, well, we're there in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. And like we've been talking about this morning, we are starting a brand new series entitled Winning the Race of Life. And we're going to be looking at some of the passages over the next several weeks uh, regarding winning at life. And really what we're looking at is Paul, you may or may have not have noticed this, maybe you'll pick this up as you read nine chapters a day, Paul will often use sports analogies through his writings, and he uses these analogies to help us understand the Christian life. We're going to be looking at those analogies, those passages, and we're going to be learning what Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, is teaching us about winning at life, because he, he uses this uh, illustration of a race, and uh, he equates it to life, and that's why we're studying or the sermon series entitled Winning the Race of Life, and what we're really learning about is how to win at life, how to win. And here in 1 Corinthians 9, we have one of those passages where he talks about this idea of winning at life. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Look at verse number 24, 1 Corinthians 9, and verse number 24. The Bible says this, Paul says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all? And Paul often uses these questions, these rhetorical type questions, and he says, don't you know? He says, know ye not that they which run a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. And if Paul was talking to us, you and I would say, yes, Paul, we understand how a race works. He says, look, in a race, they are, everyone's running, but only one receiveth the prize. There's only one winner. And then with that idea, and you and I will look at that and say, yeah, we, we understand how that works, Paul. We get it, that when you run a race, when you enter a race, then somebody wins and they get a prize at the end. But I, I love these two words, and this is what we're going to focus in on this morning. He says, so run. He says, so run. He, say, he says, don't you know? He said, don't you know? He said, because I, I'm going to use an illustration here for life. And he said, I'm going to uh, explain life to you using the illustration of a race. And he said, the first thing I want you to understand, Paul would say, is that when you enter a race, he said, don't you know that they which run in a race, though they run all, he says, one receiveth the price. He says, there is a winner at the end of the race. And he says, you understand that, that somebody wins whenever there's a sports activity, whenever there's a sports challenge, whether it's a football game or baseball game or a run, uh, a race, you know that someone wins at at the end. And he says, if you understand that, and we would all say, yes, Paul, we understand how a race works. He says, then I want you to live your life this way. He says, so run, notice these words, that ye may obtain. He says, look, if you're going to run in the race of life, which you have no choice, if you're alive, you're in it, then he says, you ought to run in such a way that you will win. He says, why don't you get in it to win it? He says, why don't you decide? Look, if you're going to run, he says, don't you know how a race works? They, they run a race, run all, but one receiveth the price. He said, if you're going to run, why don't you so run that ye may obtain? Why don't you so run that ye may win? And here's the point, and I really only have two points this morning, and I'm going to go through a lot of practical things, but if you'd like to write these down on the back of your course of the week, there's a place for you to take some, note, some notes. The point is this. In life, in life, when we use the illustration of a race for life, in life, you got to run with purpose. He says, so run. He says, so run. He said, run in such a way that ye may obtain. That ye may obtain what? The prize. That you may obtain what? The win. 
that ye may win. And here's the question I want to begin with this morning, and it will kind of guide us through this series over the next several weeks. And you showed up to church on a Sunday morning. You showed up to church on the first Sunday morning of the year. Good for you. Honoring the Lord with your time and honoring the Lord putting God first. I want to encourage you to be with us over the next several weeks as we develop this thought and we develop this idea. But I want you to consider this question. And there's really two questions or maybe three questions, but uh, they're all basically the same question. It's this. In your life, you ought to determine the win. In your life, you say, well, Paul said, I want you to run in such a way. He said, I want you to so run that ye obtain. Then you've got to ask this question. If what Paul is telling us is to run to win, to get in it, to win it, then we have to ask this question. What does it look like to win in your life? Is that a fair question? I mean, what does winning look like? What's the win in your life? He says, look, you need to run in such a way that you will win. Now, keep your finger there in 1 Corinthians 9. That's our text for this morning. We're going to come back and forth to it. But go with me to the book of Psalms real quickly. Let me show you another passage that might bring clarity to the idea that I'm trying to show you. Psalm 90. If you open your Bible just right in the center, you're more than likely following the book of Psalms. Right after Psalms, you have the book of, uh, of Proverbs. We're going to go there next. But go to Psalm 90. And do me a favor, put a ribbon or a bookmark or something in Psalms because we're going to leave it and we're going to come back to it. Uh, Psalm 90. Here's a question. What's winning look like? What does it look like to win? I mean, if, if, you're, if you're running a race, right? I'm sounding like Paul now, right? You know how a race works? You, 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 everybody runs and then, and then somebody wins. Well, what does that look like? Well, that looks like, Paul, it looks like you cross the finish line before everybody else. It looks like you, uh, your body hits that ribbon they put out there before everybody else hits it. You, pick, you get your picture taken and you're in front of everybody. That's what winning looks like. If we were to talk about football. What does that look like? What does winning look like? Well, you've got to make more touchdowns than the other team. If we're talking about basketball, you've got to make more points, make more shots. Whatever. I don't know anything about basketball. This, this, pray for me. This uh, uh, series is going to be difficult for me because I'm not into sports, all right? But, uh, you know, what, what does winning look like? And whatever sport you're going to play, whether it's golf, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, bowling. I mean, I don't know. Is that a sport? Whatever sport you're going to play in, in order to play, you got to know what it looks like, what it means to win right? And Paul says, look, in your life, you got to so run to obtain. But the problem that we often have in life is that when we ask ourselves, what does it look like to win? Most of us honestly don't have an answer to that question. What does winning look like? What does it look like to win in your life? And and I want to help you answer that question. And I want to help you. And I'm not going to give you to answer that question. You have to answer that question. But let me give you a way to clarify that. Here's a second way, another question, a second way to kind of get you to, that, to the answer to the question, what does winning look like in your life? Here's question number two. If you could write down your own life story, what would it be? If you could write down your own life story, what would it be? See, the Bible says in Psalm 90 and verse 9, notice what the Bible says, for all our days are passed away in thy wrath. And then it says this, and I love this phrase. It says, We spend our years as a tale that is told. The Bible says that you and I spend our life, we spend our years as a tale that is told. Our lives will be told one day. Your children will tell the story of your life. Your grandchildren will tell the story of your life. You might tell the story of your life to others. The Bible says that our years are spent as a tale that is told. So when it comes to your life, if you could write down, if you could write down your life story, if you could say, here's what I want my life to look like, what 
would you write? If you could write your own obituary, if you could write the eulogy that will be read at your funeral, what would you want it to say? What would you like when you're done with life, when your life is over, when you've crossed that final finish line and enter into eternity? What would you want your wife to say, your husband to say, your children to say, your grandchildren to say, your fellow church members to say? What would you want your pastor to stand up at your funeral and say? The question is this. If you could write your own life story, what would you write? And when you answer that question, what you're really answering is this question. Here's what winning looks like. So here's a question that we have to struggle with. If we're going to win at life, you say, I want to win at life. Okay, well, what does that mean? I'm not sure. Well, then we need to figure it out. Well, then I need to figure it out. We need to figure out what does winning look like in your life? You got to determine the win. You got to determine the win in your life. You got to determine the win in um, the major areas of your life. And please understand this. And some of you, uh, you, you may have already had an answer that came to your mind. And um, it's maybe a common answer. And let me help you with that. And, and please understand this. The not goals are not enough. Do you understand what I just said? The not goals are not enough. Some of us live our lives, some of you live our lives with just the not goals. What's your goal for marriage? To not get a divorce. What's, what's your goal uh, uh, for, for uh, 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 your children? That they not end up in prison. You know, what's your goal for life? I, I don't want to end up like my mother. I don't want to end up like my father. I, to not end up like my in-laws. To not end up, and look, we understand that, and you can look at different situations and different stories and people in your life and say, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to have a marriage like those people. I don't want to raise my children the way they raise their children, and that's fine, and we can learn from that. But please understand this. The not goals are not enough in life. You can't just live your life saying, I, 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 I don't want to. I want to not. That's not winning. And in your life, and here's what I want to help you with, and in your life and in my life, we need to kind of sit down and think about and struggle in the major areas of our lives. What does winning look like? Because Paul says, Paul says, so run that ye may obtain. The question is, what does it mean to obtain? So spiritually, what does winning look like? You ever thought about that? You ever thought about what it means to win in the Christian life? I could preach a sermon to you, and I'm going to preach lots of sermons to you, helping you develop these thoughts and developing these ideas. But please think about it. What does it mean to win spiritually? I wrote down a few thoughts. I just jotted a few things down, and, and I'm not asking you to adopt these. I'm not even necessarily saying these are for me, but I just thought, you know, if somebody were to ask you, if somebody were to ask me, what does it mean to win in the Christian life? I might say something like this, being an active follower of Christ. I heard somebody say this one time, fulfill, to fulfill your full redemptive potential. I, 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 I might say something like this, to finish my course with joy. I, I, don't, I don't know what the win is in your life spiritually. What I'm asking is, do you know what the win is in your life spiritually? How about relationally? How about with your spouse, with your wife, with your husband? What does winning look like? Because again, if, if your goal is, we never got a divorce. You know, I mean, that's great, and praise the Lord for it, and that's a huge achievement in, in life nowadays. But is that really the win? I wrote this down. This might be a good goal for a couple, to love the Lord and to love each other. 
How about your children? What does winning look like with your children? Have you ever thought about that? What does it mean to win? When I'm done raising my kids, and my kids are adult and grown and out of the house, well, they never went to prison. They, they, they never dropped out. They, they never embarrassed me at church. Well, those are, those are all good things. Those are all great things. But what does it mean to win? And look, you have to answer that question. I, I thought, I, thought I, I jotted this down. And again, I'm not saying you need to adopt this. I'm not even saying this is necessarily what I would um, make as the goal for our life. But I thought this would be a good place to start when it comes to children. The win might be that they love the Lord and serve the Lord. That they love their family and spend time with their family. And here, here's... Here's the real win, even when they don't have to. I mean, isn't that a win? That you raise children that love the Lord and serve the Lord, even when they don't have to. That you raise children that love mom and dad, and that love their siblings, and spend time with mom and dad, and spend time with their siblings, even when they don't have to. I mean, what, what, what does the win like, look like emotionally? I mean, sometimes we, we live our lives and, and, and it just day in and day out, you know, for men especially, it's just angry. Angry, anger, short fuse, upset, yelling, mad. And I, and I bet, I bet, and I'm not a betting man, but I bet if we were to sit you down and say, hey, do you want your kids at the end of your life to say, I'll tell you something about my dad, he was angry all the time. I'm sure that's not what you want. I'm sure that's not the win. But have you ever classified what is the win? What does it mean to win emotionally? I, I just, you know, my mom was bitter. My dad was angry. My, they, they just lived their lives and it was just negative. Complainer, complaining, criticizing. Is that what you want? Maybe the win in your life emotionally is to live at peace with yourself and others. Maybe the win in your life is to live with joy, to live content. I, I don't know what it is. What I'm saying is you need to figure out, and I need to figure out, if we're going to win in the Christian life, the first step is to figure out what does winning look like. How about financially? What's the win? What's the win? Now, for some of you, the win is to be a millionaire, and I'll tell you right now, that's the wrong win. <laughs> and we'll talk about that in a later week. We'll talk about the principles that God has given us to be able to run the race that is set before us and to run it properly. But have you ever thought about what, what's a win? You know, for me, I jotted this down, and this is, doesn't have to be your win, but for me, the win financially is to live debt-free and to retire with dignity. Here's a not goal, to not be a burden on my children financially. And again, you may have a different goal. You may have a different thought. That's fine. What I'm saying is, have you given any thought to the win? Financially, relationally, emotionally, physically. What's the win? What's the win physically with your health? You know, right now we're starting the new year. People have a lot of goals about weight loss and this and that. And praise the Lord for it. Nothing wrong with it. But what's the win? What, what does it look like to win? I, I know for me, hey, I just like to be able to uh, be healthy enough to serve the Lord and enjoy my family. I'd like to be able to be engaged one day uh, in the relationship with future grandchildren, maybe even great-grandchildren. And I'll need my health to do that. 
And again, that may not be your win. What I'm saying is this. Paul said, know ye not that they which run in a race run all. Paul said, hey, life is like a race. And don't you know this about a race that many people run, but one obtains, one receiveth the prize. There's a win at the end. And then he says, so run. He says, I want you to run in such a way that ye may obtain. He said, I want you to run to win. But you cannot run to win if you're not sure what the win is. So ask yourself this question. What does it look like to win in your life? What's the win? So I'm not sure. Okay, how about this? If you could write the story of your life, what would you write? What would you like for people to stand up and truthfully say at your funeral? If your kids were honest at your funeral, what would you like them to say? If your spouse was honest at your funeral, what would you like them to say? Because see, when it comes to the Christian life, you must run with purpose. You must run on purpose. And to do that, and to do that, you must determine the win. Once you've done that, I'm not sure if you kept your place there in Psalms. I'd like you to go to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16, just one book over. Once you've done that, and look, I'm not expecting you to do that right now while I'm preaching. There's something you got to go home and think about. Pray about. Ask yourself, what does it look like to win? What does it look like to win in my marriage? What does it look like to win with my children? What does it look like to win? Uh, when I write goals, we write goals with our uh, staff every year, and we've got goals for our church and things we want to accomplish. One of the things that, I, uh, that I've asked them, I don't know that I asked them this year, but uh, I know we had a conversation about this last year. When it comes to Verity Baptist Church, what does winning look like? How do we know we're winning? How do we know we're being pleasing to the Lord? And what does that look like? And in your life and in my life, we need to determine what's the win. What does winning look like? You must determine the win. But secondly, once you've determined the win, you must devise a way. Proverbs 16 and verse 9, notice what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9, the Bible says this, A man's heart, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. We often have this idea, and we think, well, the Lord's just going to work it out, and the Lord's just going to make a way, and the Lord's just going to do this, and the Lord's just going to do that, and look, I'm all for that, and I believe that. The Lord is going to work it out. The Lord is going to make a way. The Lord will be glorified. All things work together for good. But please understand this. In the Bible, when things are lined up or put in order, they are put in order for a reason. And the Bible here specifically tells us, the Lord directed the steps. Yes, but that comes after a man's heart devising his way. You say, well, which one is it? Is it a man's heart devising his way, or is it the Lord directing his step? It's both. You want God to direct your way, then you must devise. You want God to direct your steps, then you must devise your way. Here's what he's telling you. He says, I want you to live a planned out life. I want you to live a, a purposeful life. I want you to have an idea of the direction in which you are going, and then I will step in and help you. I will direct your steps. I will make sure it works out in the way that I want it to work out. But you've got to give some thought to which way you're going. You say, well, how do I know which way I'm going? Well... Have you thought about the win? If I'm in a race and the finish line is over there, I'm not going to go run this way. Once I figure out, once I have a clear idea, that's what the win looks like. That's what the win looks like in my life spiritually. That's what the win looks like in my life financially. That's what the win looks like in my life relationally. That's what the win looks like. You know, you singles. 
Singles are sometimes obsessed with the idea of finding the right person and finding the right person and finding the right person. But is that really the win? You say, yes, the win is to find Prince Charming or my damsel in distress. But I hate to break it to you, fairy tales aren't real. And your Prince Charming will one day not be so charming. And your damsel in distress will one day not be in distress or be in too much distress. And, and, and the point is this, that really you say, well, ah, that's the win. Here's, here's a good goal for you singles. And again, you don't have to, you don't have to take this. You don't have to uh, uh, adopt this. I heard somebody say this. But instead of being obsessed with looking for Mr. Right, why don't you spend your time becoming the person that Mr. Right or Mrs. Right is looking for? Why aren't you spending your time becoming the husband that God will one day want you to be, becoming the wife that one day... Here's what I'm telling you. In life, if you're going to win, you must have a purpose. You must run with purpose. You must have an object, uh, a, 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 a goal. You must determine what does it even look like to win. And then you must devise a way. You must make a plan. Go to Philippians chapter 3 if you would. You're there in 1 Corinthians. If you kept your place in 1 Corinthians, I'd like you to keep your place there. We're going to go back to it. After 1 Corinthians, you've got 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Why don't you work at becoming the type of person that the person that you're looking for is looking for? Young person. Philippians chapter 3. Look at verse 13. Why don't you notice what the Apostle Paul said? Uh, you've seen these verses before, we know them, but let's look at them together. Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Now Paul, Paul says, look, I, I'm going to tell you something, but please understand this. this is, I, I get it, I'm not there, I've not arrived. That's what he's saying. I still have work to do, I've got things to do. He said, I count not myself to have apprehended. He said, let me give you some advice, but please understand this. This is not coming from a prideful uh, heart. I, I, I've got work to do myself. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. He says, uh, uh, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Notice verse 14. He says, I press toward the mark. The mark is the goal. The mark is the target. The mark is the destination. He says, I press toward the mark. And then I want you to notice these words. Because Paul, he's kind of a sports guy. He says, for the prize. For the win. Paul says, I have determined what the win looks like in my life. Now, in Paul's life, the win might look different than it looks like in your life. In Paul's life, the win might look different than it looks like in my life. But he said, I have determined what winning looks like in my life, and I have determined to press toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I have not only decided what the win is, I've devised a way, I've devised a direction to get to that win. And therein, and therein, we find the problem with most people today. And it's this, that most people today are traveling through life aimlessly. No real goal, no, no real purpose, no real objective, just kind of doing whatever. And Paul says, look, look, if you're going to win, if you're going to win, he said, you can't get in a race and just kind of like, oh, well, you know, right on your mark, get set, go. And you're kind of like, well, maybe I'll go this way and maybe I'll go that way and maybe I'll take a break. 
Paul says, you've got to figure out what the finish line is. You've got to get yourself there. If you're going to win, you've got to figure out what winning looks like. And in your life and in my life, we need to figure out what winning looks like. And once you've uh, decided what, and determined what it means to win, then you must devise a way. Now, I, here's what I'd like to do, and I want to give you some, some uh, real practical thoughts in regards to uh, s- setting some goals for the new year. Go, go back to 1 Corinthians 9, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And every year I try to do this for you, and um, I, 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 wanna, I, I didn't do it at the end of the year because I knew I was preaching this sermon, and I, I knew it, uh, it would come in, uh, make, make sense here in this point. But look, you say, well, what's the point of New Year's goals? The point of New Year's goals is this. You've determined what the win is. Now you've got to devise a way to get there. You've determined what it means like to win, right? You're going to, I hope. <laughs> Go home and figure out what does it look like to win physically, emotionally, relationally, financially, spiritually. You say, well, what, what's, what's, what are the goals about? The goal's about is having a mark. I press toward that mark. I press toward a direction, a Destination. Let me just give you some real, I'll try to go through this as quickly as I can. Just some real practical, I've done this before. You've, some of you have heard it, but it's good to be reminded. When it comes to setting up goals, let me just give you some thoughts. You've got a place to write notes on the back of your course week. Some of you have written some goals uh, for the new year. Great. Uh, uh, maybe this will help you get them even more dialed in. Some of you haven't. I want to encourage you to do it. But let me give you some thoughts in regards to goals, right? Because Paul said, I pressed toward the mark. So here's the question. What's the mark for you? What's the mark look like? Now, when it comes to goals, I want you to understand that there are basically two different types of goals. There are what is often referred to as the what goals, and there are what, are, what I refer to as the who goals. Now, the what goals are goals for uh, basically the things that you want to accomplish. What do you want to accomplish in business, career, educationally, financially? Uh, for you moms, homeschooling, you know, what, do you want to, what is it you want to accomplish? What are the what goals? And then there are the who goals. The who goals is a list of what it's going to take for you to become who you want to be, right? Personally, spiritually, family, health, personal development. You've you got you to gotta consider what do I want to do with my life and who do I want to be in my life. And then you have to set up some, once you've determined the win, well, here's who I want to be. Here's what I want to do. Now you need to determine and set up some steps to get there. Like the bulletin said, hey, a goal without a plan is just a wish. If you're going to accomplish the goal, you're going to have to get a plan, set a mark, and decide, here's the way I'm going. Let me give you some steps when it comes to setting up some effective goals. Number one, you must make it specific. When it comes to setting up goals, you need to make it specific. Now I realize some of us, Give lip service to setting up goals, and we really don't want to do it. I get it. So that's you. Look, ignore what I'm saying. It's fine. But look, when you go into the New Year saying, this year I want to lose weight. That's my goal. Lose weight. Well, look, that's the same. You failed it last year, and you failed it the year before that, and you failed it the year before that. And one of the reasons, one of the reasons, and I'm going to use weight as an example because I think it's one of the number one New Year's resolutions. It's something that we can all understand and we can all make sense of, but it's not just about weight. It's, you can apply it in every area of your life, but I'm just going to use weight as an example. You say, oh, uh, I want to lose weight. That's not good enough. You've got to make it specific. I want to lose 30 pounds. That's specific. I want to lose 15 pounds. I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to lose whatever. To just say, uh, uh, I, I just want to lose weight. Well, let me ask you this. How do you know when you've accomplished that goal? 
the, the, the scale went down by half a pound, so I'm done. Praise God. Well, I want to lose weight, right? No, make it specific. Make it, make it a mark that says, hey, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to accomplish. Here's how I want to get. Uh, uh, I, I will know what the win is when the scale reads this. And again, we, you can apply this in every area, in any area of life. I'm just using weight as an example because it's something easy for all of us to understand. You got to make it specific. You got to make it time sensitive. You got to make it time sensitive. By the way, you say, I don't have any New Year's goals. Let me give you one. Read the New Testament in the month of January. Notice I didn't say, read your Bible this year. Now, I want you to read your Bible this year. But here's a specific goal. Read the New Testament in the month of January. I'm challenging you. <laughs> take, the, take the challenge. Take the goal. And then make it time sensitive. Notice we don't say, hey, read the New Testament sometime this year. We say, in the month of January. We give it a deadline. If you want your goals to be effective, you must make them specific, and you must make them time sensitive. Don't say, well, I want to lose uh, uh, 15 pounds. How about this? I want to lose 15 pounds in 12 weeks. I, I, I want to lose 15 pounds. And by the way, and let me just say this. I recommend, when it comes to goal setting, I recommend that you set short-term goals versus long-term goals. Because, you know, the truth is, is that we set these goals for the new year. And the new year, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, or whatever. And by the time March rolls around, the new year feels far away. And, and, and the next year feels far away. I read this in a book one time. I thought it was a great, great idea to set quarterly goals, 12-week goals. And I would encourage you to do that. You say, I already messed up. No, no problem. Just set goals from this week to 12 weeks from now. For the first quarter of the year, decide, here, here, here are my goals. And here's the thing. With, with a short-term goal, you say, well, I want to lose 30 pounds, uh, but I can't do it in 12 weeks. Well, great. Then try to lose 15 in uh, 12 weeks or whatever, 10 in 12 weeks. But set some specific goals and then set some time-sensitive goals that are close enough for you to actually be able to stay focused on it. Here's number three. Make it measurable. Make it measurable. If you're going to have a goal, you must have a way to track it. Only what gets uh, tracked gets measured, and you must be able to measure. Look, could you imagine playing a, a, a baseball game, a football game, a basketball game a, in a competitive sport? And we have, we have no, no way of knowing you know, what the score is. There's no scorekeeper. There's no way of knowing who's winning. In life, you got to know. Look, you got to know, am I winning? Am I winning? Was that a touchdown? <laughs> you know, did that count? You got to make it measurable, make it trackable. That's why we give you these charts to track. Because look, we can look at your chart, and this isn't my chart. I just picked this up, just so you know. But um, if this was my chart, I'd be losing because <laughs> nothing's checked off, right? You've got to be able. So you say, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, lose weight this year, uh, but I'm not gonna weigh myself till June. Well, you're probably not gonna lose weight. You got to weigh yourself, right? You got to track it. You got you to make it measurable. You got to be able to track how you're doing. Here's, here's the fourth, uh, the fourth uh, uh, step for making goals. Write it down. <coughs> Write it down. I don't have time to go into it. I could read your articles. I've read articles before, but I'll just say this. They've done study after study after study after study. And people, they, they, they know this just... Statistically speaking, they know that the people who reach their goals are the people who write them down. They're in my head. No, they're not. Nothing's in your head. 
I got them all up here. That's why you failed last year and the year before that and the year before that. You got to write it down. You say, well, what, why do I need to write it down? Well, here's why. Here's why. Because it's not just enough to write it down. I've, I, gotta, I got my goal written down. I've got my goal written down. And uh, this is my goal. Yeah, but here's, here's the problem with that. To simply say, to simply say, I want to lose weight this year, is not enough. That's not anything. That's just the win, right? Physically, for me this year, the win is to lose 30 pounds. That's what you might say. Now, but the point is this. You must devise a way. How are you going to get there? So not only must you write down what your goal is, but you must write down action steps to accomplish that goal. Do you understand what I just said? you got to write down everything you can do to try to accomplish that goal, and then you got to put it in order of how you're going to do it. This year, and I, I won't go into all my personal goals, but this year I've got some writing goals. I'd, I'd like to, there are certain things I'd like to write for our ministry here to use in ministry. And it's not enough to say, oh, I'm going to write this essay or I'm going to write this or whatever. It's not enough to just say that. You say, well, how, how am I going to accomplish that? Well, I'm going to take 30 minutes every Monday through Friday, 30 minutes just to sit down and, and just write and work on this one project at this time, this, these days, and get a plan going. And get a plan going, not just for what you're going to do, but how you're going to do it. And then you must review your goals. You must review your goals. The problem with goals is we forget about them. They're up here. No, they're not. So you've got to look at them every day. You've got to put them somewhere. Put them on your refrigerator. Put them in your Bible. Put them somewhere where you can look at them every day and remind yourself, that's the win. That's the goal. That's the mark. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm headed. Because when it comes to life, when it comes to life, you must run with purpose. And in order to run with purpose, you must determine the win and you must devise a way. You've got to start with answering this question, what does it look like to win in your life? What does winning look like? So I don't know how to answer that question. How about this? What would you like people to say about you when you're gone? If you could write the story of your life, what would you write down? You got to figure out, figure out. Determine the win, devise the win in order to run with a purpose. If you're going to win, you must run with a purpose. Here's point number two. I told you there was two points. That was the longest point. This was not so long. Go to 1 Corinthians 9. Number one, you say, how do we win at life? You must run with purpose. Only way to run purpose, figure out the win, devise a way to get there. Here's point number two. You must run with urgency. It's not enough to run with purpose. You must run with urgency. Because remember, in, in verse number 24, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 24, he says, So run that ye may obtain. But I want you to notice he uses those same words in another verse in the same passage. Verse 25, And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. We'll come back to that in another week. Look at verse 26. He says, I therefore, I love these words, so run. Paul says, you want to know how I, went, how I live my life? You want to know how I run the race of life? He says, I so run, he said in verse 24, that I may obtain. But then he says this, I therefore so run. He says, not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. He, he says, look, if, if I'm going to get in a, in a fight, he said, I want to hit somebody. <laughs> I'm just going to... Hit the air? He said, I'm not just going to run kind of like, I don't know, am I in this? Am I not in this? Do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? He says, so run, not as uncertainly. 
He says, look, if you're going to win, you must run with purpose. But then he says, if you're going to win, you must run with urgency. You must run with urgency. Go, go back to Philippians 3, if you would. Philippians 3. I asked you to keep your place there. I'm not sure if you did. Philippians 3 and verse 13. See, here's the truth. In a physical race, the urgency is real and obvious. Isn't that true? In a physical race, you ever been in a race, maybe when you were in school or you were a kid? In a physical race, the urgency is real and it's obvious, right? I mean, if we lined up a bunch of kids right now and put them all in a line, and you, 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 you're, you're in that line, and you've got some, a runner on this side of you and a runner on this side of you, and you're all doing whatever. I don't know what runners do, touching your toes or whatever. And, and you're all at the line, and, and somebody... Shout, you know, uh, fires the starter pistol, and they all take off. The urgency of the race is real and it's obvious, right? I mean, somebody blows the whistle or, or uh, uh, waves a flag. If somebody says, on your mark, get set, go, and everybody takes off. In a race, in a physical foot race, the urgency of the race, it's real and it's obvious. But in the race of life, in the race of life, the urgency is just as real, but not so obvious. See, the truth is this. In the race of life, you're running out of time. Right? I mean, I got to run because these guys are running and they're going to get there before I get there. Only one wins the prize and it's urgent and it's real and it's obvious. But in the race of life, do you realize that though it's not so obvious, it's just as urgent? Notice what Paul said, Philippians 3.13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, he says, I press toward the mark. That word press means I move toward, I'm exerting force towards it, I'm putting urgency behind me to it. Why? Because in the race of life, in the race of life, the urgency, though it's not as obvious, it's still real. Go to James chapter 4 if you would. James chapter 4, if you start at the end of the New Testament, you'll start with the book of Revelation and you'll head back. You've got Jude, 3rd, 2nd, and 1st John, 2nd, and 1st Peter, James. Revelation, Jude, 3rd, 2nd, and 1st John, 2nd, and 1st Peter, James, James chapter 4. To win at life, you must run with purpose. And to win at life, you must run with urgency. You must determine the win. You must devise a way. And they need to press toward that mark. Because in a physical race, because in a physical race, the urgency is real and it's obvious. But in the race of life, the urgency is not so obvious, but it's still very real. Are you there in James 4? Look at verse 13. James 4, 13, the Bible says this, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. And I want you to notice these words. This is why there's urgency to the race of life. He says, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. See, the urgency of life is this, that you're running out of time. Because your life, your life is but a vapor. It appeareth for a little time. It appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. Go to Psalm 39, if you would. If you kept your place in Psalm, I'd like you to go back to Psalm in the center of your Bible. Psalm 39. This concept is found throughout the Bible. 
Psalm 39, look at verse 4. Psalm 39 and verse 4. Right in the center of your Bible, you have the book of Psalms. Psalm 39, verse 4. Notice what the psalmist said. He said, Lord, make me to know mine end. I like that word. Well, how can I know mine end? Well, you can know your end if you determine the win. You can know your end if you've determined what it means like to win. What it means like to get to the end and know. He says, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, Lord, I want you to help me comprehend and understand that to my life there is an end and that to my life there is a measure of days. I don't have unlimited time. I don't have unlimited days. I don't have unlimited years, months, weeks, nights, days. I don't have unlimited mornings and afternoons. There is a limit to my life. Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know. Here's what he says. How frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as in handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. He said, he said, I don't care how old you are, in comparison to God or in looking at God, God says, look, mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. See law. Go back to Psalm 90, if you would. We were just there, Psalm 90. Look at verse 9. Psalm 90 and verse 9. Psalm 90 and verse 9, the Bible says this, For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. Psalm 90, verse 10. For the days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years. He says, Yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow. Don't miss these words. For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. See, in a physical race, in a physical race where you've got other runners lined up next to you, somebody shoots a pistol or says go, the urgency of the race, it's real, and it's obvious. But in the race of life, the urgency is very real, but not so obvious. And the urgency is this, that you are running out of time. Our days are soon cut off. Our days are in hand, as in hand breath. And here's all I'm trying to tell you, and here's all I want you to understand, is that in, in the race of life, please understand this, you only get to raise those kids once. Do you understand that? Your marriage, you only get to have it once. You say, oh, well, I'll just get remarried. Okay, but you know what? You only get to do your first marriage once. You know, you know, kids, teenagers, you know, you only get to be a teenager once. You only get to be in your 20s once. You only get to be in your 30s once, in your 40s once, in your 50s once. You only get to be a husband once. You only get to be a wife once. You only get to be a mom once. You only get to be a dad once. I only get to be a pastor, if I want to do it biblically, once. So in the race of life, in the race of life, though the urgency is not as obvious It's very real. And Paul says, Paul says, so run that ye may obtain. And he says, so run I, not as uncertainly. He said, I I run with purpose and I run with urgency. Because if you're going to win at life, you're going to have to do it 
on purpose. You're there in Psalms. Go to Ecclesiastes. We're going to look at two passages. We'll be done, right? We're going to go to Ecclesiastes and 1 Corinthians 9. Ecclesiastes, 1 Corinthians 9. You're there in Psalms. If you just go past Proverbs into the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Here's the, here's the plan. Here's the goal. And look, we're going to spend the next several weeks looking at what Paul says about winning and how you ought to decide. You say, I don't know what the win is. Well, stick with us for the next several weeks. We're going to uh, give you some principles in regards to Scripture, in regards to what it means like to win and what you, what you should be striving for and not striving for, what direction you should be going and the direction that you should not be going. We're going to look at all that from the Word of God. The whole point of this sermon was kind of lay this foundation is this, that if you're going to win at life, You've got a plan for it. You've got a plan. You need purpose, and you need to put pressure. You need to put intensity. You need to put urgency into it. So here's the point. Here's the point. You need to plan to win. You need to plan to win. Please, please hear me out. Even if you currently feel like you're not winning. Because you know the problem with a sermon like this? The problem with a sermon like this is that for many of us, most of us, maybe all of us, and kind of feel like someone's just kicking us while we're down. Oh, well, that's nice and good. I wish I would have heard that when I was 12. I've already lived a lot of my life. I've already lived most things. And I've already made mistakes. This is why Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind. And reaching forth unto those things which are before. So you got to plan. Here, just by way of conclusion, you got to plan. And he said, I don't want to be the castaway. So I run to win. So here's a question I have for you. What does winning look like in your life? What does winning look like in your marriage with your children? Physically, emotionally, spiritually. Are you winning? Are you living the life that God has called you to win? If not, then I would encourage you to stick with us over the next several weeks. As we learn to win the race of life. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for these passages of Scripture. You use men like the Apostle Paul to help us. Sometimes we see people and it looks like they're just succeeding in life. And maybe they are, maybe they're not. Maybe it's a facade. But we know this, that winning takes purpose and winning takes urgency. And Lord, I pray you'd help us all to walk away and to do an inventory of our lives and ask ourselves, is this what winning looks like? Is this what winning looks like? And Lord, help us like the Apostle Paul to say, I've not attended. I've not attained. I've not arrived. 